Welcome to GT Radio on the Geek Therapy Podcast Network. My name is Josue Cardona with Lauren Keller. Hello. Lara Taylor. Hey. And our token South Asian American, Ali Matu. Uh, hi. (laughs) (laughs) How else am I going to introduce you on a day where we're going to talk about Apu and the Simpsons and the problem with Apu? Oh, so much to unpack. So, so you get 10 minutes to just go all out and say whatever you want. And then <laughs> that, that's a and, good, good time limit right there. And then the white people will step in. Uh-huh. Okay. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Are we mimicking the, what happened? Like, <laughs> I don't know. What did happen, Ali? <laughs> oh, man. What did happen? Um, well, there is a documentary called The Problem with Apu. This documentary came out back in November. And what it did is it highlighted um, a lot of issues that um, South Asians have had with uh, with the character of Apu in The Simpsons. So just to give a little background here, um, Apu is a character in The Simpsons who runs a quickie mart. Um, he is uh, greedy. He's also a little bit of a trickster. He has, uh, what, like nine kids. Um, he's uh, he's Hindu. Um, and he's also voiced by a white guy <laughs> with a uh, Hank Azaria with a very um, stereotypical accent. And that accent is based on other stereotypical um, uh, characterizations of South Asians, um, other roles that had white um, white actors playing the role of a South Asian. And for those of you who might not know, South Asian we're defining as um, anyone from the Indian subcontinent, um, India, Pakistan, um, uh, Bangladesh, um, other regions or other countries right over there. So... Um, Cutting to the chase here, uh, this this documentary came out in November. It brought up a lot of issues with the character of Apu, the stereotypes of Apu, how this character is essentially brownface, a white actor playing the role of a um, of an Indian American, and uh, the impact that this had on um, a whole generation of people. Um, how people who uh, were Indian, Pakistani, Bengali, South Asian grew up with and experienced a lot of bullying, um, who would hear a lot of comments like, thank you, come again, or go back to where you came from, Apu, things like that. And then also how uh, for an entire generation of non-South Asians, Apu became the default of what a South Asian should sound like. So how a lot of actors, South Asian actors, were expected to reproduce that accent that Apu has, this accent that, again, is completely based on this fake stereotype that um, this fake voice that Hank Azaria came up with that South Asians actually don't sound like. So that documentary came out in November, but The Simpsons sort of kind of responded 
to this episode this past Sunday, and it reinvigorated this whole debate. So the character of Marge sort of uh, says, what am I supposed to do in response to this question of um, a character in a book being uh, no longer politically correct? And Lisa responds, it's hard to say something that started decades ago and was applauded and inoffensive is now politically incorrect. What can you do? And at that point, the camera sort of focuses in on a photograph of Apu that says, don't have a cow. Um, Later, Marge says, some things will be dealt with at a later date, if at all. So that was, and they're looking at the camera. They're definitely speaking to this controversy and saying that this was a character created a long time ago when this was not politically incorrect. And what can we do about it now? Hands up in the air. I don't know. So uh, to summarize a lot of the controversy here, uh, people have mentioned that on both sides of this issue, people on the on the we need to change something about Apu side have mentioned that this is a show still in production. You can make changes. Um, this is a, a show that keeps being written. You can update the writing. Writing. You can update the character. You can update the casting for this. There's you can create new characters. There's a lot you can do. And on the con side, people are saying, "I love Apu. What's the problem? I don't get it." And I should say one of the problems here has been that. When Apu was created, he was really one of the only representations of uh, any South Asian out there on TV. And so um, here we are. This is the issue. And uh, I've got a lot of thoughts and feels about this. You said a few minutes ago. (sighs) (laughs) Tell it. Tell it. Yeah. Tell us how you feel. Tell us how I feel. It's really messed up. Um, Apu is my my history with Apu is really one that is pretty messed up in in many ways. And so when I was growing up, I loved The Simpsons. Uh, my family loved The Simpsons. Uh, for some reason, my parents l- completely let me watch The Simpsons, even though it was sometimes <laughs> like edgy and subverted. Um, I don't know if it was because it was a cartoon, but we all watched The Simpsons together, and my dad really loved Homer, and um, I don't know, we just loved The Simpsons. And here's messed up part number one is to us growing up or at least to me I can't speak for the rest of my family but we didn't really talk about it but for me Apu was never offensive because I saw Apu as an Indian immigrant and my family is Pakistani now, for anyone out there who's familiar with the Indian subcontinent, uh, you will probably know that there is a lot of conflict between Pakistanis and Indians, and there's a lot of stereotypes between the two. And in some situations, the two don't get along. So I knew it was a stereotype, but it was a stereotype that was making fun of Indians, not Pakistanis. And again, maybe to a lot of other parts of America, they would see me and they would think, oh, well, that guy is just like Apu. Um, he's one of them. But to me, I saw him as an Indian. Um, and I thought it was okay to make fun of him because he's Indian. So what I did is I, I developed uh, this. I'm talking about elementary school here. I got really good at doing an impression of Hank Azaria doing an impression, a stereotyped impression of Indian people. 
And I would get a lot of um, what I saw as positive attention for doing my internalized racist impression of Hank Azaria's Apu. Um, so Wait, much I have, so. I have a question. I have a question. Yeah. So Because it, it's going to get even more messed up, but go ahead, Josue. Yeah. So when you were in elementary school, was your impersonation of Apu in your mind a parody of Indian people or was it a an impersonation of a character that you liked from a TV show that you liked or was it, it something else it was it was both and it was also a way to get positive attention from other people and i think all three of those things are important i love simpsons i liked the character of apu i also thought it was a way to make fun of indians and um, as a socially anxious kid who wanted friends but didn't really have many, it was a way in which people laughed with me. And they would, they would say, Ollie, Ollie, do the impression, do the Apu impression. So much so that word got out in my elementary school. And the principal of the school invited me to come into his office in the morning and to do the morning announcements in the Apu accent. Oh my oh gosh. My gosh. <laughs> and then I did it. I'm getting like embarrassed sweats secondhand here. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's really fucked up. I oh bet at the God. time you thought it was the coolest thing. I did. This is super unwoke, oh. internalized racism, Ali in third oh. grade who was contributing to my own discrimination without even realizing it. This is how messed up Apu was for me. And I didn't realize that this was a problem until I, I grew up and it was more middle school. And, you know, every South Asian has this story where you're in some place and someone says, thank you, come again to you in a, in a sort of uh, racist way or people say go back to where you came from Apu so that that happened a few times in my life and then I was like wait no but he's he's Indian why are you saying that to me I'm Pakistani oh right racism I'm just <laughs> <laughs> that's right that's why you're saying that to me and so um, one thing I'll say is um, this hasn't been this hasn't been like a big a big issue that I've been fighting because honestly, I haven't had a lot of conversations with a lot of other people, especially a lot of other South Asians about Apu until now, until this documentary came out. Um, I'm forgetting his last name, Hari, um, any, anyone remember his last name? Um, the individual who put this documentary together, he really sparked a conversation and it was um, incredibly validating to hear everyone else's story and so sad that so many people have this story of Apu completely tormenting their childhood. I, I completely forgot about it and stopped thinking about it and also I stopped watching The Simpsons and The Simpsons failed to have much of a big impact on my life past like season somewhere between season 10 and 15 um, so I, I didn't really think about it too much um, and so, and now it's back into the public consciousness. And so I'll say one more thing, and I'll 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 stop for now because I've said a lot. Um, the response from Hank Azaria here 
which has been largely no response. And also the response from um, um, Al Jean, who kind of tweeted about this, he's the showrunner of The Simpsons, has been something that has really pissed me off. Um, the scene in The Simpsons, which is saying it's it's too late, what can we do about this, a character was made, it, made long before, I think it's bullshit because the show is still in production. There's so many things you can do. You can you can change a character. You can bring on another South Asian character. You there's I think Apu has a canonical nephew. You could you could weave in that character more. There's there's so much stuff you can do, and um, the fact that Hank Azaria continues to go on and continue to do, to do this voice, even though there's been so much of a response saying you are essentially doing brownface um please stop doing this the fact that he still does this as shown in the documentary the problem with Apu at a Tufts graduation two years ago that kind of stuff still pisses me off how much um this is still seen as okay and permissible so that's where I am and I'm gonna just uh I'm gonna have a drink of my green tea now <laughs> mic drop <laughs> so welcome to Geek Therapy Radio, where for, for a very long time, uh, we've, we've kind of had this idea. Um, now we have a segment. We call it Media Matters because we do think that media matters, right? The, everything you just said and your fucked up story from elementary school is why we have conversations about this. And, and something that I always say is that a, a good or a bad representation is worthy of discussion. You know, some are worth applauding and some are um, worth pointing out why they're problematic and in that sense i i think that hari's documentary the problem with apu is an excellent reaction to his feelings right and Mm -hmm. it's weird that it took 27 years for someone to (laughs) do some sort of long form uh thing like that right i mean it it appears that he used to do stand-up sessions about it and he it's obviously been something that's on his mind a lot, but uh, like a piece of media that got people talking. And again, I'm sure there's lots of blog posts and, and thought pieces that have been written over the years and, and things in circles that, that I've never been aware of. But something, this is the first time I've heard of it having this uh, reaching critical mass. And sadly, it was the reaction from The Simpsons, like The Simpsons elevated it because I had not heard about the documentary before. But it's it's good to have people talk about it and, and be able to share their experiences and before before we go on and i say anything that like is is construed as fucked up (laughs) um (laughs) like i am hispanic and i've been right and and hispanics have been portrayed in a particular way in media over years and i'll come at it mostly from that perspective anything that i that i say moving forward and and it's very something that was very clear in harry's um in harry's documentary was that there really isn't wasn't a lot of representation of South Asians on television, on American television, and I'll get to that later, you know, there wasn't a lot to choose from. No. Like, uh, at this point, I can tell you, I can give you a list of positive and negative Hispanic representation, right? Right. And, and South Asians are, are catching up. It, it, isn't, it isn't as bad now. On the contrary, right? There's, there's, we've, got, we've got some really good ones now. Yeah, the, it's so messed up because... Growing up, my family, one of my family's favorite favorite movies was Short Circuit. <laughs> oh no! All these examples from the oh, documentary. No. Yeah, it it broke. It it was. I was shocked, and then it broke my heart 
point it out because I'm sure people still don't know this. And when I when I heard it the first time, I was like, that can't be true. No, yeah, (laughs) the the quote unquote Indian character in Short Circuit is played by a white guy in Brownface, and I only learned this by watching Aziz Ansari's show Master of None when they reveal it. And I was like, that can't be true. What? No, it is. Oh, my God. No. Oh, shit. You found out about it later than I did. Yeah. Yeah. I found out years ago. Oh, that was (laughs) That was my representation growing up. That and, like, this one South Asian captain who appears for, like, five seconds in Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home. Um, I love that guy, <laughs> whoever that guy is. Uh, that was that was kind of it. And yeah, the world is in a different place right now. We do need more South Asian women representation. Um, that's that's absolutely needed. But the world is in a much better place. My daughter's growing up in a much better world. Um, but it was it was rough back then, and we sort of had a poo and the guy from Short Circuit, and then we also had the monkey monkey brain eaters from yeah, Temple Ali. Of Doom. I was gonna ask you. What's your favorite Indiana Jones movie? <laughs> Not Temple of Doom, Laura. <laughs> it is. Okay, because you've been naming... A- I really like Apu. My family really likes Short Circuit. I was waiting for you to say Temple of Doom was your favorite, and my mouth was just going to hit the floor. <laughs> you know, I never liked Temple of Doom. I've always been a Last Crusade guy. I love... I love that one, too. Yeah, I the family stuff, the father and, Dunn's, father and son stuff, I, love, I just adore it. Okay, we got that out of the way. <laughs> <sighs> okay, but you know what? I... I I actually really want to hear from all of you. Did you watch The Simpsons? And if so, what was your experience with Apu like? And then also with this controversy, I want to have this discussion. I want to say I I was so angry about this. I sat down to write out a script for an episode to feature on my YouTube channel, The Psych Show. And I... Um, I, d- I was typing it on my computer and then I just deleted it. If it was a piece of paper, I would have crumpled it and thrown it in the trash because not only was I was I pissed, but I knew there was no way I could do the, the complexity of this in a, like a three to five minute video episode. So I really have been looking forward to having this conversation with the three of you. So I really would love to hear what your experience was with The Simpsons, where you are on this issue with Apu. I think, okay, so I grew up watching The Simpsons, and I loved it. Uh, Somewhere along the line, I dropped off, and I think it's because it's been going on for, what, 30 years now? And the jokes started to get stale uh, to me. But, Ali, you and I both grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area, which is a very diverse area. I didn't think anything of Apu when I was watching it as a kid. Because I had South Asian friends who were nothing like him, so I was like, "Oh, it's just, it's just a, a joke. Like it's a caricature. Like it's not. It's, it's like they make fun of everybody. So right. why is it a problem now? I see differently because because of life and uh, experiences of um, my own kind of discrimination and and realizing things." through coming out as being queer and and that kind of thing. So that helped me see things through a different lens. Um, But growing up in the Bay Area with so many people around me, I was like, that's not what they're like. So, okay. (laughs) And it just, it didn't phase me at all. Because I knew 
that wasn't what people were like necessarily. Yeah. And that kind of speaks to the representation that you encountered in your local community. Right. You had experiences with people who were South Asian that conflicted with this view. And so you're like, oh, that's just a caricature. Mm-hmm. Right. Where I, I think the issue comes for a lot of people for whom this is the only exposure they have to a South Asian person is a poo. That's. Uh, and that's when you get people that start saying, thank you, come again. And, exactly. And all of that. Yeah. Right. Does your dad work at a quickie mart? Like how many times did I hear that? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Which a lot of that I I see more as ignorance than racism. Mm-hmm. There's overlap. But I, you know, <laughs> I, th- I think a lot they brought of that up. Yeah, it's an think, inclusive Venn diagram. Yes, yes, they brought that up in the documentary too. Right, that that it's a lot of it's ignorance and not necessarily like oh we're gonna get you like. Yeah, my favorite part of the documentary was Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I liked you know like she pointed it out. She was like you know a lot of messed up stuff happened. It was it was ignorance. I I, I do share that opinion. Well, I mean, and it forced me to to face my own ignorance and my own racism, not just of like my internal racism against brown people, but my racism um, against Indians. And my childhood friend um, was an Indian from a uh, Hindu family. And so, like, I had to, I had to learn that. Wow, I have, I have really biased opinions coming from like my family, my community, and all of that sort of stuff, and from this TV show. And I had to sort of overcome that stuff. But yeah, there, there is that line of ignorance and and more, um, more racist attitudes, and a lot of us fall into that. Um, unintended, uh, unconscious bias stuff that we don't even aware we uh, we have until we're aware we have it. Lauren, what was your experience with The Simpsons? I uh, I, lo- I loved The Simpsons. I love The Simpsons if you are only talking about before season f- like 14. <laughs> Cuz I still I still really like like season 7 is really good. Uh, and I think some of those episodes really still hold up, uh, you know, as old as they are at this point. Um, but I don't, I don't watch any of the new episodes because I think they're, I think they're bad. I think they're bad, and a lot of my my emotional reaction to coming across all of this um, on Twitter was that using Lisa, <laughs> a mm. character who is historically like the moral voice of this family and someone who has actively stood up to right injustices and like will stand up even to her own parents about things that are wrong and for her to look into the camera and be all like nothing is gonna change was so heartbreaking to me (laughs) i'm like lisa no (laughs) don't give up lisa no but it's just it's just mind-boggling to me the some of the reactions that I saw and and this idea of Apu's character being politically incorrect now in the context of 2018 as if there weren't people 
who had problems with how, how stereotyped Apu was way back when the show started is so silencing to people who have been from the beginning like hey like we get that stereotyping is a part of the humor in this show but when that is the only example like that's what that's what dumb white people think is real (laughs) (laughs) and it's it's so frustrating i just oh don't be jerks people (laughs) <laughs> that's a that's a good takeaway for like everything. Don't be jerks. <laughs> Don't be jerks. When people you know, when when South Asian people are like, no, this this has harmed me, um, in being picked on by other people or or people assuming things about me and my family because of a single character from a, a cartoon. Like, listen when people are talking about that stuff and don't don't just write it off as like, oh, like the PC police, like everybody's so offended by everything nowadays. Oh, ooh, yeah, I think (laughs) part of it has got to be about the the culture in the writer's room. And that it, it's this is an institution. It's a machine. They have been churning out episodes for 29 seasons. They have their formula. They know how to do this. And my guess is there's not a ton of diversity in that room. Um, so the fact that this is a blind spot of theirs and it still continues on is not that big of a surprise to me. Um yeah. Josue, what about you? I used to watch The Simpsons when I was a kid, and I haven't watched it in a in a very long time until this week that I watched an episode. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I used to like The Simpsons. I I did I don't know, it got to a point where I'd I'd watch an episode, I was like, I don't know, I didn't I didn't find it that funny. So so I didn't watch it anymore. I was more of a family guy person. Uh <laughs> South Park. myself <laughs> and South Park, yeah. Um so I I didn't watch it a lot. Something I did something uh, this week. I I remember living in Puerto Rico and people loving The Simpsons when it played in Spanish. So I started thinking about you know how is how is Apu represented? And so I listened to some episodes of Apu in Spanish just to see what does the accent sound like. Um, uh, my understanding is that The Simpsons is translated into seven different languages. And I actually listened to samples from a few different ones. But since I couldn't understand what they were saying, I couldn't uh, really tell, uh, you know, what, what it sounded like. But one thing that did come from, from that experiment, in particular the Spanish one, is that every voice, not just Apu's, sounded ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> and then when I went back to the English one, I was like, oh, yeah, every voice in English sounds ridiculous, too. There's no one voice that's like, oh, that's like neutral. That's like normal. Right. It's like a normal person's voice. And I started thinking, this really is a cartoon. And all of these people are caricatures and cartoons. So I started looking at it from, from, from that perspective, which is just like uh, something that, that, that I thought. On the whole, the stuff that we're talking about, I've had experiences like, like Lara's where I know um, I've or I've I've known enough South Asians throughout my life to to have a spectrum of accents and colors and behaviors, and I, I like Bollywood films. It's like you know, like I've seen other stuff. Like Apu wasn't the only South Asian that I was seeing, um, or it's, it's not the only one that I that I remember. I don't remember it being like a a red flag ever. I never even thought of it that way 
until now. And I don't know, there's something about this this uh, conversation. Like One thing that does bother me is that I feel like people are blaming the show for the behavior of people outside. Mm. Like, I don't think it's, I don't think it's the Simpsons fault that people are bullying people with Apu's accent. And I don't think that, I mean, I would love to like get into the brain of your principal um, <laughs> because a part of me, like I've, I've known people, you know, who it's like, that was not the best way to do it, but maybe, I don't know. I get the feeling that even that Apu is beloved by a lot of people. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Right? Like, I'm not denying that it's offensive to, to, to lots of people, but I think he's a beloved character. And even within the show itself, like um, in the documentary, they mentioned that he was like not supposed to be, he didn't even have a name the first time he showed up. He was like store clerk or something like that. Yeah. And people like people liked it. And then he became a character and he's, you know, for 30 years, he's been a character on that show. He's a, he's a staple. You know, um, people like him. People like in in the town like him. And he's a he's a good character. He's smart. He's he's a good yeah, businessman. Yeah. He's, he's, he's got a good conscience. Fa- he's he's one of the better characters. <laughs> he's, a, he's a better dad than Homer is by right? so <laughs> so yeah, much. I've never seen him choke out his kids. Um, <laughs> exactly, you know? like, that's true. And like when they mentioned um, in in the documentary again, all of these things coming from the documentary where they've only ever said "thank you, come again" seven or nine times in thirty years, then. Mm-hmm. Like, how can you blame the show for something that people like took on? And again, like ignorant people and or racist people, right? Who use that as a way to to just be offensive and to and to bully. So I don't know. I th- I think all of that bullying is messed up. But to blame the show, I don't know. And and I think about a show that has been on for so long that so many people watch and so many people love around the world. I can imagine the the amount of letters that that the the creators of the show get and i'm i'm guessing this is of course i don't have any data to back this up but i'm guessing that for every south asian that has sent hank azaria a letter saying because of you i was bullied there are he gets hundreds of letters saying that they love all his characters, they love his voices, or that Apu makes him laugh, or that they love the work that he's doing, that they didn't kill themselves because of something that, you know, because of the show and all this love that the show gets. So I can imagine that it would be complicated to weigh one thing um, uh, over the other. Like there's, there's that moment in the documentary where Hank sends Harry an email as like, I don't think I should do this. And I know that I feel like Harry tries to put him on the spot and tries to make him look like the bad guy. But I think that Hank Azaria did the right thing and he explained it the right way. Like there was no way that he was going to win. Right. There's no, I don't, I don't, there's no way that he would have come out. Okay. At the other end of that. And I'm not saying that he, he should never, come out and talk about his feelings about this because I think that Hardy's documentary has had an effect on on people because maybe like what I said about the letters maybe maybe very few people wrote in but maybe now way more people are letting them know the way they felt and and they didn't they didn't get that um, before it's it's really complicated uh, one of my favorite lines from any Simpsons episode, and this kind of gets to Lauren what you're talking about, about how how smart the writing was in this show, comes from Apu. I quote this line 
all the time um, around July 4th. Um, it's the line Apu has when he's selling um, fireworks. And he says, celebrate the birth of your country by blowing up a small part of it. Um, that line to me is so <laughs> funny. It's great. <laughs> It's so great. And there's like, there's some commentary there. And it's, but it's also about capitalism. It's about so much stuff, which I think a lot of uh, classic Simpsons episodes are. Definitely. uh, The issue here, Josue, is we're talking about a show that's been on for three decades. This is a bit unprecedented where (sighs) there's other, other franchises that have gone on for this long. Um, and I think the longest running show in history is, is uh, NBC's Meet the Press. At least that's what they say in all their advertising. Um, but those kind of shows, or, or The Tonight Show, which is long-lasting, um, they evolve over time. There's been new hosts, new producers, new writers, all that kind of stuff. This is still the same cast of characters, largely the same actors behind them um some of the same writers or at least writers that have been there for a very long time this is a very different ball game that we have and we are imposing modern perspectives and modern critiques and modern criticisms on a show that was that was developed in the late 80s and it's still on like this show was developed before there was an internet like before any of this could be possible, <laughs> you know, so, this podcast could not exist. You know it. So that's what what I think is really tough about this issue. There's a lot of things that are that are that are tough about it, like on on multiple levels. Yeah. There's there's an earlier episode, and I don't remember what instigates it, but um, Principal Skinner has this this moment where he's considering um, a conflict with with children, and he says a line like it. Um, am I am I wrong or <laughs> is it like the kids? And, yeah, then, yeah, yeah. and he's just like, no, it's the children who are wrong. <laughs> yeah, I don't know exactly. Oh, it's, what it's am, am I out of touch? And then it's like, no, it's the children who are wrong. And basically, I feel like this whole situation is the show doing that to themselves. Their foundations of the show was was very much subversive and yeah. satirical and. Focusing on, you know, like families working together and and caring about each other. And (laughs) over time, like this shift in, I just, I don't, I get what you're saying, Josue, but I have a really hard time, like, just being like, oh, the Simpsons aren't responsible, but they've had this platform for, for 30 years. They've been super famous for, you know, at least 20 of those years and they have this platform in which, like, through humor and through, you know, cartoon yeah, cartoon abilities, animation, uh, they can actually talk about, like, the social stuff that maybe is a little bit ahead of where people are comfortable. And that's kind of like the magic, right? But to instead lean the other way and be all like, no, 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 we don't want to be politically correct, and we don't want to listen to people who have beef with the way that we're doing things. And we couldn't possibly change. Is I, I don't know. It just feels really like... I don't think this is the last time they're going to touch upon that. Yeah. To be, for the record again, I don't, I don't watch The Simpsons. I don't think it's funny. Yeah, me I don't, neither. I don't no, necessarily no, like, like the show. And I don't know, like, why, why do they have to change? 
I wasn't watching it anyway. Um, that's like Fox, like me writing into Fox News, like you need more liberal point of view. Like th- that's <laughs> that's not who they are. And if one day they decide to be, and then all these conservatives get mad, like they could they could do what they want. I think I think that the conversations, like the documentary, like the conversations that that we're having here are like where the change happens, like when it's outside. I don't know, like writing in to tell them to update a character that, again, a lot of people like, especially the writer's room, right? They, they, they don't want to change anything. Uh, this way, I, I earlier retweeted your tweet about um, this episode that we're recording now. Mm-hmm. And uh, Eric O'Sullivan said... Um, I really love Apu. He reminds me of my grandfather and it talks about how he had all these kids and all these like characteristics of him that remind him of his godfather. He is a, uh, he's very much a beloved character. And look, I'm a, I'm a huge Trekkie and I go back and I look at the original series and Lauren, you and I have talked offline about this. Uh, there's a lot mm-hmm. of sexist, problematic aspects to the original series also yeah. to Star Trek The Next Generation too. Um, but those shows are done. <laughs> They're not continuing. They're not in production now. We can criticize Star Trek Discovery and and tweet to the writers and email the writers and, and we can really go into deep criticism of that if we want to about its representation. But we we can point out the stuff with, with Star Trek series that have ended, but there, we, we also can't we can't put a 2018 perspective. Like, you have to understand the context in which the show was created, and it was created in the 1960s. The Simpsons is still ongoing. That's the problem here. I Yeah, I definitely think that that's, like, the biggest... And even within the episode, right? They were talking about a children's book, like, from, I guess, from Marge's childhood. Mm-hmm. And the idea of like, well, yeah, a, you know, 30 year old book is not you can't change that. But a TV show that you're writing right now, what's stopping you? Right. And in the documentary, they brought up a brilliant uh, change they could just make. He could drop the accent and be like, <laughs> I've been faking you this whole time. What? <laughs> like, it's been a, it's been a joke the whole time. And people will be like. What? That would be one of the highest rated episodes of The Simpsons <laughs> ever if they did that. It would be great. I'd watch it. I'd watch that. That would be like the Who Shot Mr. Burns. Like, oh yes. Like it would, it, but that. it would be all about Apu. I remember that. Oh my gosh, that was such a thing. That was it was a huge thing. Oh, huge. Simpsons was a thing. Yeah, it was the 90s. I was just looking up the ratings while you, you all were discussing. And uh, The Simpsons was pulling in between 20 to 35 million um, for much of the 90s. And then sort of late 90s, 2000s, it was in the 10 to 15 million. And now it's in the 5 to 10 million for ratings. It's not doing that bad. I mean, it's doing as as good as a cable a lot of cable TV shows do, but it's it's still um we might not watch it, but there's still around 5 million people in the United States that are watching it. There's a reason why they've renewed it for 29 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And more. It's it's going on for it's it's renewed its contract for like 31 or 32, something wow. like that, right? Wow. Yeah. So merchandise yeah Yeah. go to that universal studios right (laughs) 
So what changes would you, because it, it sounds to me like what, what you're saying now, um, Lauren and, and Ali specifically, is that it should change certain things that it's doing. I don't think it has to change. I think if they're okay. if they want to do what they want to do, that's fine. But you don't get to pin that look directly into the camera and tell the people like, "Oh, you're not ready for for actual inclusive characters that aren't super stereotyped and offensive." Like now is not the time. In a in a way, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if the, if the writers see it this way, but it's almost like they make fun of a lot of people, and and that gag is making fun of like social justice warriors and people who get upset about this type of thing. And I wonder if that's like what they, what they did. Like if they thought like, do you know what would, what would really piss people off if we made Lisa say it? It worked. And it got I'm people pissed. talking. I'm so I, pissed. I know we're talking about it in the sense of like, oh, wait a minute. The Simpsons, like we all remember now that The Simpsons is a very culturally relevant, uh, relevant TV show with, uh, you know, with cultural importance and um, very influential. Right. It was like, did we? Did we? I didn't think that the week before, if you would have asked me, um, we're talking, we're having that I, conversation now. I did. Yeah, I, I think if you, ask, to be, if you, you ask know? a lot of people below the age of 25, they won't be able to name like more than two Simpsons characters. I, I still feel like even if people aren't watching Simpsons, Simpsons is still culturally relevant because it is so foundational to so many other cartoons and 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 sitcom comedies like you guys talked about South Park and Family Guy neither of those shows would exist without the Simpsons absolutely right. yeah and and those shows also do feature some racist characters um, oh totally it's, same it's, with it's Futurama a, it, yeah. I mean right. that might be a like a sitcom theme is like it's situational comedy and the situation is it took place in the past where statistically it was more racist and sexist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and like my point was that th- those shows like they they go out of their way to offend people, you know. So I mean, I'm sure eventually we'll get an answer about what exactly they were they were thinking when they when they did this whole thing with Lisa. But I'm, I'm curious what what do you guys think should happen? Or you said you said when I said should before you said I don't think that anything needs to happen. I agree. I don't think I mean, it's their show. They can do whatever they want. I'm just I'm glad that we live in a world where we have the Internet, where we have um, people like uh, Hari and Kumal Nanjani. Like they have podcasts. They have huge audiences. People know who they are um, and they can they can share their opinions. We can have a discussion with someone who who is South Asian and we can have a more nuanced conversation than than maybe other podcasts uh, will. I'm glad that people are talking about it and are writing about it. It's important to have those conversations and explain why something like this is is offensive. But I'm curious what so what's the what do you what would you like to see done or what do people what are people saying that they want to see happen? Well, I I honestly think one of the first things that should happen and I hope everyone listening to this podcast does this is tell your own damn story. Um, this is one of the things that I've learned is there's been so few, such such limited representation of people who look like me, think like me, have interests like me. I mean, people, people are always so blown, not always, but people are often blown away that I'm this geek who's also the psychologist and stuff. They're like, that doesn't fit my expectations of you at all. And a lot of those expectations are coming from things like Apu, where, or 
um, a lot of these model minority, like, math, you're going to be a math science person, but that doesn't fit, like, my my idea of what someone like you should be. So I think the more we can find ways to um, anyone who comes from a background um, where you don't, you don't, you haven't seen yourself there in media, just tell your, tell your own story because no one else is going to do it for you. No one. Um, And no one can tell your story the way, the way you can. So if this is a, lightning rod to encourage more people to get out get out there and to tell their stories to make content if this influences more um people of color to become cartoonists then like that's awesome because I, I would love to see more of that kind of content as far as what i think the simpsons should do i think they should be really funny about this i think they should tackle this in a funny way and you know what sunday's episode was not that was not funny there was <laughs> there was no subversive humor about this and i think that would have been a way to bring in people is if you were also being funny about this and um, pointing to some of the complexity and the nuance of this, they did not do that. But uh, isn't like the common consensus that the Simpsons in general hasn't been able to do what you just said for the past 15 years <laughs> at all? By our little con- sample of convenience of our no, of by four, like yeah, the world, like everyone I've yeah, ever heard talk about yeah. the Simpsons for the past 15 years. Yeah. Well, you're asking a lot of them. That's that's actually pretty funny. That's why um, <laughs> I would say I would say white people need to stop making fun of brown people by doing these accents that point us to be an other or a different or non-American or that kind of stuff. That would be that would be part of it. Um, there's a reason why people who aren't black can't say the N word, like. Simple, like you, there are certain things that you cannot do, and that's that's what I would say. So I want I want to point out something about that. Black Panther came out, right? Yeah, breaking records. Okay, it's it's made more money than Titanic at this point. Mm-hmm. Okay, that blows my mind. <laughs> One of the explanations that I've heard for this is that the African diaspora around the entire world has come together to support this movie. I was listening to a podcast, um, mostly POC, but it's it, it's mostly uh, Hispanics who are who are on the show. A lot of Hispanic topics are discussed. I was like, you know what? That is like, I they couldn't even imagine. Like, they, someone said that we we're like thirty years away from having a moment where all Hispanics could come together behind something. Like, there's no way that's gonna happen. Like you hmm. like you described, like oh, like. Pakistanis and Indians, like, there's some history there. Like, there's some stuff. Like, I don't know. Like, uh, you know, depends on who you talk to. Like, they'll maybe not say some nice things about each other. Right. There isn't like, yeah, like, we're talking about South Asian Americans, like, you're all one group, you know? Right. But, but does it feel that way? Because Hispanics, it doesn't feel that way. No. It, there are very few things that everybody's like, oh, yeah, we all came together. Shit, we can't even, like... Like, we make fun of Spain. Like, we all came from Spain, and we make fun of, like, how they speak Spanish. Like, we are <laughs> so far from having a Black Panther moment. Right. Uh, so I don't know. It's um, like who who owns the characters. Right. Like we have more Indian and Pakistani characters on TV now. We do. And that's that's getting way, way better. Culture, man. Representation. It's hard. It's hard, but it's important. Like, I love what you said. We need people like tell your own stories. Go on YouTube, start a podcast. Um, like, 
Yeah, I don't, it, I don't know, right? <laughs> the, the, we're at a point. I mean, a lot of that is in the is in the hands of the people who are decision makers, right? Like, just because you have a podcast doesn't mean you're gonna be hired by Hollywood to be in the next Star Wars film, for example, right? Yeah. Although in although Rogue One went like Rogue One like jumped so far ahead in diversity over everything else ever done in Star Wars. Um, I don't think it gets enough credit for that. Oh, absolutely. And so one of the cool things about you, you're talking about Black Panther, Josue, and one of the cool things about Pla- Black Panther is we've had uh, black writers working on Black Panther and shaping and evolving who this character is. And it would be so wonderful to see the same thing happen with Apu. Um, it would be so wonderful. With Apu? <laughs> Yeah, to see that character evolve. If they're going to continue that character, if Simpsons is going to go on for another 30 years. Th- okay, okay, wait, wait. How about this? <laughs> Cancel the Simpsons completely. New show, Apu's the main character. That's what I want. That's what I want to watch. So Family Guy did this with... Cleveland. Cleveland, yeah. Yeah, with Cleveland, right? They gave him his own show. Yeah. Eventually he came back. <laughs> Amer- America did not. Uh, was the show any good? Uh, want that. It was. It was pretty funny. I mean, it was like it was like like Family Guy at Cleveland's house. It's yeah. still on in like syndication. Or... Is it? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yep. It's yeah. funny now that I think about it. So many of the people of color in animated shows are just just racist. It's tokenism. Yeah. Or or in like. South Park, you name the black kid Token. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, they leaned into the joke with that yeah. one, right? Yeah. <laughs> so is that yeah. is that subverting, or is well, that like he's in on the joke, right? Like he, like he knows like, it's fucked up, <laughs> right? Right. Yes, in the context of the episodes in which Token gets to address that part. But if you take away that contact context and, and you're looking at episodes where literally Token just shows up and like, you know, plays the bass guitar for a hot second and then leaves <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like it's a little bit different. See see, but like these shows, right? These these three shows that we're talking about in particular, like The Simpsons, Family Guy, South Park, like they're they're making fun of the main characters on the show. Like when they're racist, the show is making fun of like stupid white people. Stupid white people. Yeah. It's Unfortunately, like, stupid yay, white people right. aren't always picking up on that. I mean, <laughs> it's seriously Homer Simpson is the stupidest white person ever. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah. And and they don't get it. Same with Peter Griffin. Like uh, you're not supposed to to like those characters. Yeah. Then why are you like- supposed to like Apu? So one of the th- when South Park is really working it's punching up and yes you know the the idea in comedy of punching up of making fun of larger oppressive sim, uh, systems or larger things that are putting down a lot of people that is like beautiful comedy because it's funny but it's also like subverting power and like bad bad things um what i hate is when it ends up punching down against people who are marginalized who don't have a voice who are um who can't really defend themselves and are not necessarily responsible for a lot of bad stuff that's happening in the world and i think when south park does does it well 
it is actually commenting on a lot of things that are perpetuating racism, discrimination, bias, like power, horrible stuff that like keeps people down. The problem, I think, is when it can also maybe even simultaneously reinforce or bring up these stereotypes that and some people don't see the commentary there. I think this happens a lot in shows like Rick and Morty, which I love this show. And it's sort of a big show about this one horrible, drunk, abuse, verbally abusive, responsible for a lot of bad stuff guy. And some people see that as a glorification of those things, as opposed to this, this story that's about, please don't be these things. I still think you're asking a lot of The Simpsons. Like, The Simpsons is just The Simpsons. And, like, when you said earlier, there should be, like, writers who could be better better representation in the writer's room for Apu. So I'm saying, like, fuck The Simpsons. Like, celebrate Kamala Khan and celebrate a new characters and celebrate these these new endeavors, these new characters, these new writers and the voices that they're sharing and, and doing it right. You know I, I got a lot of love for Kamala Khan. That's why I know. I'm looking at my... Do. Kamala Khan, yeah. issue number one, first printing yeah. right now in front of me. Yeah, like that's a super successful um, series. She's been on other teams. She's going to be on her first cartoon now, like headlining. It's it's a big mm-hmm. deal. Like she's a she's a popular character that people it resonates with a lot of people and there's a lot of love for that character. So I think this comes yeah. back to something that um, Laura and Josue, you both have talked about on this show before, before Lauren and I joined, which is vote with your wallet. Um, or I guess in this case, vote with your eyeballs. Um, <laughs> if you're not into this stuff, then then don't watch it. And eventually those ratings will go down and that show will kind of disappear. Do you know what episode of The Simpsons got a lot of ratings recently? I'm guessing it's a Treehouse of Horrors episode. I'm know. guessing it's this one that we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> People who hadn't watched the show in years. <laughs> Why would they do anything different? I don't know. Like, there's a lot of people in, involved there. Again, I don't even. I don't even watch the show. I think. I think that it falls on us. Like, like you said. Like, tell your story. There's all of these things that happen on the outside. I. I get. Like, th- let's tell them what we think um, they did wrong. But like, tell them to. I don't know. Like, expecting them to change or do something different after all this time, or to even evolve. Like, that's that doesn't seem like The Simpsons' way of doing things. It took 52 years for Doctor Who to have a female lead. People were, co- you know, like complaining about that for for a long long time people like people finally got vocal about it but that's a show that's like always changing and evolving the simpsons isn't changing and evolving i think i don't think it has in a long time i think that's that's the charm i think one of the reasons why this has probably been striking a chord with a lot of south asians but i should also say with a lot of asian american allies is um there's been a lot of examples recently where in Hollywood of of recent major motion pictures where there have been characters from um, original works that have been adopted and or adapted, I should say, and the Asian character or Asian American character has been transformed into a white character. This happened in The Martian or there is whitewashing that happened in annihilation also right and it happened in um the scarlett johansson movie that we saw um ghost in the shell ghost in the shell yeah that 
it does a. It's more complicated than Ghost in the Shell. Well, it's more. It's way more complicated. They take the that now. Asian <laughs> brain of someone and put it into a white woman named Scarlett Johansson. It's like really weird and messed up. But uh, there's been a lot of this. So this is just one example of one of the oldest forms of it that's that's perpetuating. So I think I think that's one reason why a lot of people just really pissed about this. So, but Josue, I think your point is a good one. Like, who cares about Simpsons? Who cares? Who cares? Why did we just spend an hour talking about it? I don't know. Watch better stuff and tell your friends and family to watch better stuff. It's like the Simpsons movie. We waited years for it and then it came and we're like, meh. (laughs) I don't know, Ollie. It was the first Blu-ray I ever bought. Really? (laughs) Whoa. Yeah. I mean, it was okay. It was like a good episode. (laughs) I, I, I went out, I watched it, and then I bought it, and I watched it again. But I hadn't been watching the show for a while. Same, same here. <laughs> and it looks so good compared to the series. Right? It was like, Ooh. and it was like Blu-ray was brand new, so it looked beautiful. Oh yeah. <laughs> the the last time I watched Simpsons besides the movie is when they went to HD, and I just wanted to watch their new intro in HD, and that was it. I didn't even watch a full episode. It was just the intro. So why did we talk about uh, the Simpsons for an hour? I can answer this. Media matters. Because media <laughs> matters. That's why. That's exactly why. This stuff does matter. Like, uh, I think there's a, the Gina Davis Foundation, uh, like, their motto is, if she can see it, she can be it, right? Uh, mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's, it's true. Like, if it's messed up that Apu was the only representation. But you know what? I loved it when Cal Penn was like, fuck the Simpsons. You know what? And I And I'm, like how hard it was for him to be uh, Taj Mahal in a comedy, <laughs> right? Right, like yep. he, he, and you know, like to take that stance was really hard, especially that, that Van Waldo was like, what, like what, 10 years ago, maybe more at this point, you know? It, it, it was more than 10 years ago at this point. Yeah, yeah, it was a long time ago. I mean, but those are the type of things that have to happen. What I said earlier about like everybody coming together for like the, the African diaspora coming together for Black Panther, like that's and and Hispanics being like thirty years behind that, South Asians are way 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 and farther behind that. So I, I love that you brought up the Cal Penn example because that um, that discussion that was unfolding in that documentary. One of my favorite things about it is it highlighted something that I think a lot, I think a lot of people who are from underrepresented groups, especially people of color, experience, which is you're often in a room where you might be the only person that looks like you. And or has a name like you or talks like you or any of those kind of things. And you have to make decisions about how you're coming across. And how do I make myself someone who comes across not as the stereotype? How do I do the thing that they don't, they're expecting me to, how do I not do the thing that they're expecting me to do? And how do I come across in a way that, that fits in? And when are the times where you have to uh, play into the stereotype to get ahead so that you get more opportunities. W- one of the things I hate is I hate flying. I I, I mean, I, I have no anxiety about flying, but I have a hell of a lot of anxiety about airport security. And mm-hmm. it's probably not a good idea to fly with me because you're going to be delayed a bit because of airplane security. <laughs> um, I consciously make a decision to dress down 
um, and wear a hoodie and I wear my like most Star Trek t shirt <laughs> or my most Star Wars y t shirt. And I'm trying to like look like not a threat because it's been so difficult. And I am so terrified of coming across as a stereotype, coming across as a threat, and all of the stuff that comes up with the whole literature of stereotype threat. So I think. That that was one of my favorite parts of the documentary, where there is the tension between those kind of things, and it's something that we, some of us, have to deal with. It's like like how I feel with um like being Puerto Rican is something that like I I try to avoid. Like if it doesn't need to come up, I rather not bring it up because the assumptions are usually pretty negative, and like. I hate Despacito, just like for a million reasons. But I also feel like it, like it, like it took us back a couple of years. Like people, <laughs> for, for different reasons, it's complicated. But it's all the same stuff. Like, like Ali, what you're talking about. Right? Like I can, I can relate to a lot of that, and that's why, that's why people's perspectives have a lot to do with the with the media that 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 we consume. And man, like speaking out is is like the best weapon we have. I, I think I think the takeaway here is, is what you you guys have all touched on is the idea that we we don't have enough representation of of minority groups of people of color of disabled people of of queer people and, and these stereotypes and and you know quote unquote little things that people get offended by they wouldn't be as impactful if we had more stories mm-hmm. and that's what we need. Like you said, Ali, we need people to write and put out these stories because the more they are, there are, the less impactful any one will be, negatively, mm. at least. Mm-hmm. Well said, Lauren. And you do you do need to have so many more pieces of representation. If I thought about telling my story, being a lesbian, and I fit into so many stereotypes, guys. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I have cats. When my wife and I argue, we process things a lot too much. I literally had a girl move in with me on the after, on the second date. Like, wow, yeah, wow. I I fit all these stereotypes. So I was just one gonna say baseball story, caps, but damn, yeah, baseball caps, short hair, men's clothes, all of it. A uh, carabiner with my keys on it. Uh, I used to drive a hatchback. It's everywhere. So, yeah, yeah, you're dying. I I could keep going. I could keep going. But if I told my story, it would just be another stereotype Mm. with my spin on it. So, so many more need to be out there because there's somebody out there that doesn't have as many of these little boxes on the stereotypes checklist for, for a lesbian as I do. <laughs> um, that's, like, that's like one of the things that's kind of um, messed up about the accent thing. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, I've met enough South Asians with different accents right. to be like, yeah, I've heard, I've heard a few that kind of sound like a poo to me. And maybe if I was trying to like make that character, maybe it would sound that way. Maybe it wouldn't. Maybe that's like... Like he even says it, right? It's like my impersonation of someone impersonating someone, right? Or impersonating my father, right? Like he makes that joke. And that's like, if you've only met that one person, like I've working with clients over the years, like there's been so many times when they're, again, it's like they're super racist, but it comes completely from ignorance. It's like, oh yeah, the first time I met a black person, that person did this to me. The first time I met a Hispanic person, they did this to me. Or every man in my life treated me this way. And and there's a, I don't know, there's a, there's a lot of... Uh, 
lack of representation. Well, like as silly as it sounds, this is why I'm so hesitant to. Uh, I mean, Lara, what you were saying reminded me of this. I'm so hesitant when friends are saying, "Hey, where do you want to go for dinner?" I kind of want to get South Asian food. Mm-hmm. But I'm really hesitant. I don't want to be like the brown guy that says, hey, let's go to an Indian restaurant. Because then they might be like, <laughs> well, of course you want to go to an Indian restaurant. What do you want to do? Get some naan while you're there? And I'm like, hell yeah, I want to get some naan. Hell yeah. It's going to be fucking garlic naan. I like and naan. I'm get it's the only tikka. Indian food I can eat. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's worse? When the Puerto Rican says, oh, yeah, I want Mexican food. And people are like, that makes sense. Oh, no, it doesn't. It doesn't no, make it any sense at all. It doesn't make sense at all. It does. It does if you're in California, <laughs> because because we have the best Mexican food. Lara, you reminded me that we. Ju- I just finished watching Queer Eye, and I, I love the show. But I was like, I started having a conversation with my girlfriend. I was like, Queer is it really representative of even like gay men or queer culture? And I was t- I was telling her about about um, about you, Lara. I'm like, like let me describe Lara to you. They're not going to give Lara a show to go like make over people, I don't think, because that's not the type of show. That's not this show, right? Like that would be this this show is like a very like a thin slice of queer culture. And then I found some articles that were talking about that. Like, again, I love the show, but some people are bothered by the fact that it's supposed to be representative of queer culture. And and a lot of people feel that that it's not. And I mean, representation is is rough. Like it's 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 so complicated. Hey, if they wanted to give me a show giving butch lesbians makeovers, I'd totally do it. Because what, what would you call that. it? What would you call the show? Uh, I don't know. I've been trying to come I, up with a name, but I I, I, I think can't of come one. up with I can't come up with a name that's I, even catchy like that because <laughs> I was like butch eye for the butch lady. Like I can't. <laughs> I I retweeted somebody that was saying that they, there should be a, a by eye where well together put, well put together bisexuals teach disaster bisexuals how to live their lives. Oh, do I'm it. like I would be on that show. Yeah. Yeah. Me. But what's what's so interesting about this stuff is like we're having this dialogue and we're having this discussion right now but like Laura I would never call and I, I would never say like oh you're so butch see but i don't like it's not offensive to me that's what i am like but you see like that's the thing like you self-identify we're friends right. and it's different it's like that's the thing and about there's the some accent. ignorance here i see that's the thing about the <laughs> accent Josue, is like i so um the stand-up comedy that we were talking about that i did a few weeks ago the psychology stand-up comedy i threw it up on my youtube channel this week and someone one of my good friends was like hey that was so good but like i'm so surprised when you're doing your dad as a character in the stand-up you didn't do an accent and i was like <laughs> No, man. Oh my gosh. No, I'm not doing the accent. Like, I know wow. what my dad's voice sounds like. And my dad has a very subtle accent. It's not like Apu in any way. But I'm not going to do that because that's not that's not for you. And it's not central to the character. But that was his expectation, you know. So it's like, it's different among friends. It's different if I'm inviting you in if I'm talking to you about how much like I crave naan, like or mango lussi, which is not even a thing in South Asia, like they just have lussi, but you know, like would it be a problem if you did the if you spoke 
like a pitch perfect um, impersonation of your parents? To my friends who know my parents. Well, like like in general, like like that's that's how they sound. Because of Apu, yes. And I don't even mean yes. I don't even mean like okay. But, uh, ex- explain that to me. Because what my friends would hear is more Apu than they would my parents, and it would be funny to them because the accent is so quote unquote silly to them, not because of the content. But you said it would be subtle. Like it's it doesn't sound like Apu. You're saying Apu ruined. But my fear, my fear is that's what they would hear. And gotcha. the the documentary does a good job of interviewing, um, or Hari does a good job of interviewing Russell Peters, who is a South Asian comedian who has used a lot of accents, and he kind of talks about it in in the same way as taking back the term queer. That like, hey, this is our accent. Let's let's take it back, and I'm gonna do it in a way that sounds a lot more like my actual parents sound like authentic. Yeah, yeah, and I want to take ownership of it. And I'll tell you, Josue, I. I have had, uh, it's been like a journey for me here with this accent because there's been times where I've really honed it and I'm like, this is what my dad sounds like and I do it and then people laugh and then one time I did that and someone came up to me and they were, uh, their background is Indian and they said that was deeply offensive, never do that again and then I didn't do that again and then I did do it again and I haven't done it again and right now I'm not doing it again. Um but one day you might take it back. <laughs> one day I might because take this, it back. Whatever. Because this is really complicated. It's complicated. But it's complicated. Like my takeaway is that like like you've been affected by that. Like accents mean something to you. Like if I, if, if I impersonate anybody in my family or my friends or whatever, like I don't even think about, like I don't even think about the accents, right? Yeah. Like I would just try to I would just try to sound like them, right? And if it's a joke, I would try to you know exaggerate a little. But you know, Trevor Noah uh, has in, in his book in particular, but um, in some of his stand up, he's talked about like how accents were so important in his family and like he he's amazing at doing impersonations but like how accents like they they like it was a matter of life or death the accent that you had mm. in South Africa mm-hmm. and how i believe his mom would speak in a different accent depending on who they were talking to right. because because their lives were in danger you know like accents are they are important i've, there is something, I've got something a california like that. accent that comes out whenever i'm hanging out with you hella do <laughs> Dude, yeah, dude. Dude, I got a hell of California accent, and it like totally comes out when I'm hanging out with my friends from California, and we're like, just you know, just chilling. Um, it totally comes out, and that is a part of my identity. Um, but then every now and then I watch Saturday Night Live, and they're Californians. <laughs> I hate that sketch. It's not funny. It's At not all. a real thing. No one in no. California. No one in ca- California talks like that. But and only people in Southern California say, "Take the t- four away." <laughs> I took and the and the seven ten <laughs> to the Santa Monica Boulevard, and then I drove down the four. Oh my gosh! But but that's oh, what geez. that's what you all sound like to me. The three of you. <laughs> Shut up! But it, it, it's so ridiculous <laughs> that it's funny, but no one talks like that. But now people think that to talk like that. You know, I think it's the same thing as Apu. And it's, 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 a, it's a similar thing. It's not the exact thing, but it's a similar thing. For the record, I don't think it's funny. Not because I think it's offensive. I just don't think it's funny. I've, there are other California accents that I've seen in different sketches and things. And I think it's funny. I can't believe Saturday Night Live is still filmed in front of a studio audience. Because every time they do a joke and nobody laughs, is like breaks my heart. 
They have, they have a laugh track. <laughs> <laughs> they need one. Uh, one of the things they do, Josue, a lot of these shows is they um, they really amplify the volume of the actual laughter. Well, I mean, but again, even on Saturday Night Live, sometimes it's like, whoa, nobody laughed. Like three people Silence. laughed. Yeah. <laughs> I watch Ouch. SNL for a weekend update pretty much. Yeah. That's yep. it. It's pretty good. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I mean. Let's, uh, let's wrap up here. No, we're just getting started. It's, get, it's getting late, y'all. No. This is this is what happens. They they want to keep going now. <laughs> now it's time for question Q and then geek therapy and then we're done. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I I cannot let this conversation end without mentioning this idea that I've had for years that Ali keeps turning me down on, but I think that is very relevant now, and I think we should consider it, which is hmm. <laughs> we should start a show called Two Shades of Brown, because we All can right. talk about okay, let's, perspectives. Let's talk about Two Shades See? of Brown. Two Shades See? of Brown, I gave the green light <laughs> on it after like two years, two years of lobbying from Husue, and I finally said, <laughs> okay, let's do it. And then after two years of him saying this, he's like, okay, let me go ro- register the domain. And then he was like, oh, man, someone already has it. And then he did a Google search and he's like, there's actually already someone who started a podcast named Two Shades of Brown like five years ago. <laughs> it's okay. I'm not saying that we shouldn't do it. I'm just saying, is that really what stopped me? Yes. Really? Yes. Go yeah. get the rights to those things and then come back and talk to Oh, me. it doesn't matter. And edit can... this out from the podcast because so, if the rights are available, someone's already going to take it when they hear this. No, 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 no. I want to hear what people think. <laughs> <laughs> We could touch the serious issues. Like I want, I want to do four podcasts on accents alone. I got man, I got I got issues with accents. You have something I want to say is I just want to thank you all. I want to thank you all for giving me the time and space to vent, process, debrief about this whole thing. It's kind of been on my mind a lot this week. I really appreciate that. And also, I want to hear from everyone else who might have thoughts about. Apu and the Simpsons and representation. Josue, is there any place people can go to to do that, to give their questions or even comments? Yes, our question queue, which you can find at geektherapy.com slash QQ, the letter Q followed by the letter Q. Very simple. There's a form there. Just fill it out, ask questions, and nobody asked questions uh, for the question queue this week. So I think because you all answered them last week, you know, I wasn't here and you just answered every question. That's sort of what happened. Yep. <laughs> so let's mm-hmm. so let's just go into uh, our geek therapy segment. Uh, each of us will take a turn talking about something that either cheered us up this week or seemed, you know, therapeutic in the broadest sense of the word. <laughs> um, so Ali, what was it for you? So I've been watching rewatching Star Trek Voyager, and it's been wonderful to rewatch it for the first time since it aired. There is a wonderful episode I watched called Course Oblivion, which was written. Um, one of the writers was Brian Fuller, who was the creator of Star Trek Discovery. And it was just such a gem of a show, and it challenged a lot of stereotypes that I have about Star Trek Voyager and about the type of stories that are there. And it led to a conversation I had with one of my friends about Star Trek Voyager. And that conversation was even more geek therapy because I just kind of connected with my buddy and had um, just like an hour-long text fest when we were talking about all this stuff. So Course Oblivion, I think it's season five, Star Trek Voyager, um, just built a lot of connection between me and my friend this week. I like it. Lara, 
Um, I've had a pretty crappy week. <laughs> but on the day I needed it, Josue texted me and asked if I wanted to play some video games. So we, following up on our co-op gaming episode from last week, um, we played some A Way Out, and it was hilarious. It was hilarious. Awesome. It was hilarious. <laughs> we played Connect Four in the game. <laughs> <laughs> Who won? Josue. <sighs> he also beat me in an arcade game in the game. But you were able to balance on a wheelchair for way longer than I could. Totally. And I beat you at darts. Also, this game is about two people who escape prison. Yeah. And fall in love. <laughs> there was a moment we theories, where we're yeah. like, oh, oh. <laughs> maybe they are in love. So We haven't finished the game yet. Yeah, we haven't finished it yet. But it is... It is ridiculous, and I j- it just keeps getting better, and our commentary on it is the greatest thing. Like, that's the best part of the game, our commentary on what the re- what the hell is going on. <laughs> Lauren, what you got? My geek therapy for this week is the new Janelle Monet music video for the song Pink. Uh, it is a song... That is very empowering, and the music video is beautiful and super well designed, and the song is fun and catchy, and I highly recommend it to everybody. How many times have you rewatched it? Oh my god, so many times. (laughs) 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 I... <laughs> I watched I watched that and then my friends introduced me to Saint Vincent who I had not heard of before another musician is really really cool um uh the music video for uh Los Angeles is really really good and I I downloaded like three or four songs on Spotify so I could just listen to it in the car and Pink is one of them so I could just listen to it over and over again so I've probably listened to the song like 30 times at this point and watch the music video like i don't know 10 times <laughs> it's so good you guys that song is super catchy <laughs> super it's catchy. just beautiful dun, 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 dun. Ooh, can't get out of my head thanks a lot uh, way, your cover You're is he's best. gonna be singing it while we escape from prison yep that's i will i might <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect it's a very empowering song yeah yeah <laughs> uh so i think like one of the coolest moments I had this week was I went to visit my mom and she says, Josue, I know Avengers 3 is coming up soon. How many movies do I need to watch? Like, to catch <laughs> so I'm like, mom, there's 18 movies. So she breaks out a piece of paper. She's like, let's go one by one. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. That's so sweet. We go up to Avengers and she's like, and that's phase one, right? That's phase what? one, mom. Yes. Okay, so we go through the whole list, and she had like a chart, but it was ex- it was it was old. The dates were wrong. Like, no, no, mom, this isn't this isn't completely right. Let's go through this one by one. So she writes down the list on this piece of paper. Goes down. She's like, oh, okay, let's count them. Bah, 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 bah. This phase one, phase two, phase three, and then she's like, which ones do I like? The movie's out in two weeks. I don't know if I'll be able to watch all of them. I'm like, all right, mom, look, these are the ones you need to watch. So then she went through the list and checked off the ones she knew had she had seen. Then we went through the list and she put an asterisk by the ones that I told her she needs to watch to like to really know what's going on in Infinity War. Then we saw the Infinity War trailer, the latest one, and then we rewatched it as I paused it to tell her these characters are from this movie. That's why you need to watch it. These characters are from that movie. This is why you need to watch it. 
it was amazing, and I think it scared my girlfriend. She walked away. She was very worried <laughs> about what, what was happening, and it was a fantastic moment. Also, I called her today, and she told me, "Hey, son, I'm just watching Agents of Shield, just catching up." Oh, fantastic! <laughs> Woo. That was my geek therapy for the week. That's pretty amazing. It's <laughs> really sweet. Mm-hmm. Yep. Also, my niece, who is going to be seven years old, her birthday is an Infinity War party, so. They're doing a movie theater party. So like at 10 a.m., they have a theater all to themselves for her and her friends to watch Infinity War. And they have cake in the party room outside. Yep. Also, every time she does one of these birthdays, she wants to dress up as a character. She wanted to dress up as Black Widow, but after Black Panther, she wants to dress up as Shuri. Yeah. Boom. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) This has been GT Radio. Thank you for listening. You can find more information, more episodes, more Geek Therapy stuff at geektherapy.com. We're so close to 400 members in our Facebook group. Come join our Facebook group. Check out our Twitch streams at twitch.tv slash geektherapy. We got two streams going per week now. What are we playing? We're playing Batman, the Telltale series, and we're playing Pokemon Red. It's good times. You can find us all on Twitter at Geek Therapy. I'm at Josue Cardona. Lauren is at Chicken Dinosaur. Lara is at Geek Therapist. And Ali is at Ali Matu. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back next week. Bye. I'm so glad you didn't end that with thank you, come again. <laughs> oh, come on. Now I'm going to include you. Now you he's going to include you. <laughs> yep. Oh. Should have waited until the recording was done. Oh, yikes. <laughs> You've just listened to GT Radio on the Geek Therapy Podcast Network. For more about Geek Therapy and all of our podcasts, visit geektherapy.com. And for extra content, including our monthly book club and other perks, consider becoming a member of Geek Therapy on Patreon for as little as $1 a month at patreon.com slash geektherapy.